Hello, everybody, and welcome to another E5 podcast. I'm your host, Paul Meenan, and I am joined by my regular tag team partners. Please introduce yourself. Hello, I'm JW. And hey, it's David here, Sparky Ninja. And today, chaps, we have another special guest, someone who's not unfamiliar to E5. Um, it's Lady Karen Boom herself. I always call you Lady Boom, um, just as a mark of respect, because the first time I ever met this woman, she sat on the conversation couch. So I'll put the link to YouTube uh, if you want to know a bit more about her. Um, but Karen, welcome to the podcast. Tell everybody listening or watching um, just a brief summary of who you are and why you're here today. Thanks, guys. I, I love you to bits. And um, yeah, who am I? Well, I am Karen Boone, obviously, from She's Electric. And uh, um, I feel passionately about uh, Sparky industry. I, um, yeah, want to be an ambassador for not just females in the trade, but any young person that wants to consider being in a trade. Why are we here? What are we talking about? Um, so, um, yeah, why we're here tonight is um, because um, there there are a lot of uh, women, it's come to my attention, mm -hmm. that are basically being let go um, in the commercial sector and they want to know how they can make the switch into the domestic sector. Uh, and also, I do feel that the domestic sector is a fantastic place to be for a woman because we have traits, you know, we, we, we have compassion and empathy and um, for anybody, for any lady considering a career in the trades, yeah, domestic is, I just think, where we should be. So I, let me, let me chip in there. So I, um, I did my apprenticeship, obviously, industrial um, commercial stuff. But the minute I got the chance and I left that and I was um, it's well known that I were doubling up when I was younger because I needed to earn money to get a mortgage. But I did domestic and I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was very arrogant. I can do I can do domestic. And it hit me like a running into a brick wall. It was almost like um, serving another apprenticeship. I was very lucky, though, because where I went, I had my fundamental principle knowledge and I was taught and I was able to adopt and just absorb very quickly. It's always been a, a skill of mine. But um, domestic, I loved um, when I was working with British Gas doing Central Eat Morin every day, go to someone's house. Uh, you just had fun. You had, you know, you had good engagement. It was actually, I know it sounds really weird. When I worked at British Gas, having grown up in Tottenham and had been stabbed and everything else, it was that one job that made me realise there were tonnes of wonderfully decent people left in society because nobody, I don't believe generally is born bad. Um, and I, and it, it made me, the domestic sector was fun. It was nothing short of fun. It was bloody hard work. And I genuinely think on days it was a hell of a lot harder than industrial because there'd be days on domestic you do a four or five hour day and go hooray be other days where you're fitting in a 15 hour day of hell and you're exhausted and you're aching you're going to bed mm. taking mm. tablets for pain and but it's a mixed bag and I, I, did, it. I did both in my apprenticeship i did the domestic and the, the industrial and commercial um and i think going on from what karen's talking about obviously we're having a lot of people contact her who are having issues in the commercial it does make sense that probably there's a lot of old-fashioned institution behavior still in the commercial industrial which is a lot easier to flush out in the smaller domestic because in the smaller domestic you can have a small team a small community and you can work from one client to the next whilst when you go into a much larger corporate organization where there's a lot of old boys let's say or an old-fashioned attitude which may not yet have 
work their way out. Um, I'm not going to say that I've um, experienced them, but I have definitely heard or witnessed, you know, um, negativity in in women's direction amongst men at work with conversations and stuff. Uh, And so I can completely see why Karen thinks the domestic sector could be a great direction to uh, recommend women train to actually go to. I think, me personally, I think it's a safer Mm. Um, place to work to be honest although weirdly enough I've I've gone round and, and worked on installations where the guy I've knocked on the door the guy's opened the door and he's coming completely bollock naked excuse my language um, and literally said all right mate in there and I've been like no no you're naked you're literally completely naked and the guy's going yeah, yeah yeah just in there and I'm like no mate put some clothes on it's mate just... when I worked in social housing that happened to either genders to be fair answering the door uh, oh, really? I remember one lady. I was doing. I was doing an EICR, an old periodic. She got out of bed to let me in, and she went back to bed. And I had to go into a into a bedroom to the ceiling rose to take a ZS test. I asked her please to get out of bed because I didn't want to get a ladder and lean over her in bed. And the, hey. the people who sent me, they just basically go do the work, go do the work. And I was like, okay, I'm going to limb this. And mm-hmm. you know, and, and there are many people, especially in uh, local house, local you know, uh, social housing that in the daytime don't necessarily get up and do the day they could kind of just mess around and i i actually thought you were going to start telling us a dirty no. story no 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 no, no, no <laughs> i thought i was going to go very dark and naughty no 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 no. but uh i often took photos of observations on eicrs oh yeah okay. and um that one that one needs to say i couldn't get the camera on that one because it, it, the house was a bit of a mess but yeah so no it works it does it, it works both ways when you work in so I, I think we've all got stories like that i worked in one uh estate in westminster where the lady there was quite um she's quite playful to say the least i'm going to stop that story there um but what i'm going to do is flip it on to john ward immediately <laughs> hey john um john you do you do domestic um any stories or thoughts or scandals you want to confess well not <laughs> not scandals particularly but yeah the uh the people not getting out of bed is uh is a thing yeah yes it's a thing um I, i'm not sure why that is especially when you've you've like told somebody the time and the thing you're going to be arriving so they know full well you're going to be turning up for doing whatever it is and then they seem surprised when you turn up at the time in question <laughs> so uh yeah that that is a thing and uh whether that will affect uh, women differently to men or not is not i don't know but it, it is something to be aware of that certainly in certain types of housing uh people not getting up and not wearing clothes and that kind of thing mm-hmm. it does happen can yeah. i offer one piece of advice to people uh, it's the one thing i took away from domestic regardless whether you're a man or a woman and that is when you turn up to a, a, someone's house and they're all friendly and smiling they want to make you tea and they go oh could you while you're here just do me a little favor okay i went into one one lady's house and it was um it was the the can you do me a little favor was my husband has laid all of this cabling around the upstairs and what he'd actually done is pulled cable um in a form of a ring main but didn't bother putting it under the floor and just told his wife get the electrician to chuck it under the floor and into some socket boxes uh, before I get home, which, as you can imagine, is a it's a day's work of drilling joists and running cables. But these, so if anybody does say, "Could you do me a little favour?" just hesitantly say, "Let's see how we get on. Let's see how we progress with the work I'm here for." Never ever agree to it because uh, I have been burnt by. Yeah, I'll have a look, and the minute you go near it, it falls apart in your hands, and you're there for hours. So, just a bit of heads up advice for anyone yeah. in domestic. Um. 
Right, moving on. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell a story about the first lady I met on a building site um, because she married one of my good friends actually. Um, so I worked on a job. I think it was Roding Valley London Underground Rewire. And I remember walking onto the site at night and these blokes came running up to me and going, hey, uh, Paul, Paul, and what? He went, there's a, there's a, excuse my use of the term, there's a birdie, there's a birdie. I went, oh, all right, calm down. There's a birdie. And I was like, right, okay, well, it's a railway station. There's lots of ladies here. And um, he went, no, no, she's working. And she was an electrician's mate and she was training as an electrician's mate. And she had every type of ism you could have thrown at, sexism, everything. It was, it was awful. She was treated like dirt. Um, long story short, she's now a client for London Underground. She went from being an electrician's mate to an electrician, to a supervisor, to an engineer, and then a client's a client's uh, rep signing off works and inspecting works. And she takes no shit from no man ever. And funnily enough, one of my very, very good friends, she married um, that man. So there you go. Mm. That's my positive story. Oh, okay. Um Let's get, let's let's bring this back to what Karen said at the beginning. Then, so remind me, Karen, you've been you've been you've been in this for over ten years now, haven't you? Yeah, about ten years yeah. now. Yeah, ten been, years. Yeah, and obviously you've been taking to social media for a number of years, but not the full ten years. You obviously came in, you got experience, and then for a few years you've been in social media. Have you been finding that women come to you quite you know quite a large number of women come to you in this industry or wanting? information about this industry do they kind of come to you for oh that God. advice yeah so 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 like obviously what happened a day you know thanks for saying that like you know I, I i think i spent the first seven years of my uh job feeling very insecure and um a little bit small mm. and then and then i just thought and most of that was due to the shit training that I had um, because I was taught to pass exams, not necessarily to gain knowledge. So mm-hmm. can I tell you what my turning point was? Right. So when I when I when I originally trained and I trained to the 17th edition, I was basically told most of the answers to the 17th edition questions, even though. I'd already done the mock and got 100%, right? I still still doubted myself and I was given the nod to the answers. And then when I had to reseat the 18, I shit myself because I thought, well, bloody hell, you know, how am I ever going to pass that? So I went and sat my 18th edition exam and aced it, you know, got 90% and thought, Oh, actually, fucking hell, who knew? <laughs> I knew, <laughs> I actually do know what I'm talking about. And it was actually after that point that I just thought, right, I've gained some credibility. I do actually know what I'm talking about. I can actually um, relate to women in the industry that just want to, they don't, like, women in this industry, it's not even like we're taking men's jobs. It's just all we want to do is be accepted as equals. That, that's all we want. That's all we want to do. Um, do, you, so, do just sorry. Does it really come to you as if you are taking men's jobs then from people well, in the industry? Yeah, there are some. I do. I do sometimes get DMs that say, 
you know what what the actual fight yes like. there are there are yeah. assholes out there there are assholes and there are very big egos but anyway so in answer to your specific question though i've literally had i've literally had in the past two weeks 20 messages from women that are just going can you help me i don't know you know i really just want to get on in this industry but i'm a little bit lost can you i mentor so many people um which i love mm. and i and that's why you know why i'm here on social media i'm not going look at me i'm so amazing mm-hmm. here, i just want to be here so that other women can because you can't my massive motto is you can't be what you can't see I want people to see me and go, oh, yeah, that's what's possible. I can do that. Because mm. um, with the right support and the right the, and the right connections, you can you can do whatever you want. I think um, I think with domestic, if you don't mind me chipping in, Karen, um, domestic yeah. is 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 such a varied route. I mean, years ago, and, and this is probably some yeah. of the advice that we need to give out here is years ago. Um, and I'm talking 20 odd years ago, when you were an electrician, anywhere you went, the person who might be uh, an electrical manager and engineer and say, do you have your part one, your part two or your A, B and C? Mm-hmm. So the qualifications framework was very, very simple. It was they'd say, do you have your gold card? Do you have your gold card? Have you done your part one, part two? Or if you're a bit older, it was your A, B and C certificate. And then there was the do you have a 2391 or uh, other courses, 2400, depending on what you were doing. It was a very simple, uh, easy way that anyone in this country could understand where that person were in their journey of qualification. The word learning was never used. I I never remember 20 years ago using the term learning journey or people saying, where are you in your learning journey? It's, are you qualified, mate? Do you got your gold card? And what grade are you on your gold card? That was about all people asked. Fast forward to now, I mean, I can go on a certain website for a certain training organization who I will not name because I will not share any money with them. And they will they have these pathways, which I personally think are wrong because they allow you to get in one year. You can get yourself an NVQ with an AM2, which effectively then will qualify you to apply for your gold card and make you an electrician. But they do them in 18 days, five days, 24 days, 33 days. They do modules. And these modules to everyone working who's done at least three or four years, there's a reason why people have done three or four years. It's the term serving your time. Competence comes from skills and knowledge gained, practiced and applied over time. In one year, Karen, you and I both know there's so much in the domestic sector you're genuinely not going to get the full diverse range of installs to be able to call yourself competent to do the full suite of installs. That's yeah. why it's done over years. I had I had a gentleman message me on Instagram a few days ago. He's in the heating industry, and um, it was um, I think it was Nick Bundy who actually recommended he contacted me, and he basically said, "I'm thinking about retraining." I said, "I said to him, okay, look, are you looking to go into the commercial industrial? Then you're going to look at the two, three, six, five, or two, three, five, seven, or the domestic." He said, "Well, the domestic industry is a bit more interesting." I said, "Well, to be perfectly frank, training is still there, but it's going to have so much adaptation and growth in the next ten years with smart homes and stationary power supplies and prosumer. It's a very inter- you know, it, the training has not yet been created, though." 
uh, to actually map this, but the domestic is a great sector and it's going to aggressively evolve over the next few, maybe five or six years. Um, and he, he came back, he said, that's exactly what I wanted to hear because he goes online and the training looks like it's 20 years old. It's just, it's not modern. The training strategies are not modern. So they'll go to these companies like what you've just mentioned, Paul, where it looks modernized. It looks like it's up to date because, you know, it looks Marketing. great. Yeah. But fundamentally, Marketing. when you, and I said this two, three years ago when I put the 18th edition content out there because I worked with companies and they would all be training to pass, training to pass. And for the yeah. learners on those journeys, yeah. when they achieve that success of the exam, they, that's it, done. And then they can't move forward. They can't progress. And as to quote, a Karen Boom, they may shit themselves the next time because they haven't got that confidence in that where they are because they've been told where they are yeah. and their assessments told them they're ready. Um, and again, this is a, uh, I did the webinar just the other day with the dad and stuff. We're looking at 2.96 training itself has to change. And a lot of E5's focus is on training right now, because if training yeah. doesn't change, then it's going to allow for these companies to compress training, to guarantee passes. You know, um, we saw this one, was it 22 days or so for an EV installer from scratch? Yeah, there's. Uh, I think it's 20, 20, 23 or 26 yeah. days to, to be able to fully install electric vehicles from scratch, from, which from is scratch. fundamentally no. flawed. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. no. no. Right, right, so... Right. so right. Um, true story. True story. Let I'll I'll compress it as much as I can. But this guy contacted me. He went, "Can you move a socket from the back of my garage to the front of my garage?" I went, "Well, yes, of course I can do that." Yeah, can you can give me a quote? Well, yes, I can. So I turned up at his house. He went, "Yeah, because I'm um, I'm going to be plugging in my um electric vehicle." And I went, "Oh, well, that's interesting." So um. It's not just a standard socket then. You went, well, yeah. what do you mean by that? And well, I said, well, it's got to be a socket dedicated for electric vehicle charging. He said, well, what do you mean by that then? I said, well, um, right, what 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 vehicle are you getting? He said, I'm getting a, a Mitsubishi. So I said, right, okay, give me 24 hours. So I went home and I contacted Mitsubishi. I, I, I got chatting to a guy and he sent me the Mitsubishi recommended install for the electric vehicle charging, right? So then I went back to the guy and I went, right, this is not what you're going to want to hear, but um, you're going to have to have a, de a dedicated circuit back to your consuming it, which is going to need to be 18th edition compliant, which is going to need to have a type A RCBO, which is also going to need to be surge protected. Um, and he went, oh, well, you're just trying to make work now. And I said, well, no, I'm not actually. But what I'm trying to do is validate your battery. Because, like, if your battery goes to shit um, and you haven't followed the manufacturer's instructions, you'll be fucked, A. Mm. But B, I am, you know, I am a fully qualified registered electrician and if i don't follow the manufacturer's instructions my insurance will be fucked to shit and why would i want to do that i said you know i've got i've got a code of conduct mitsubishi have got, got a code of conduct mm. and these th this is my level of integrity 
either you want to work with me or you don't. And he was like, oh, okay then. So you're going to come and put me in these boys? And I said, well, well, yes, I am. But what really pisses me off is that the guy that sold you this vehicle didn't say anything. Told you that you could just plug it in, and actually, you can't just plug it in. And oh, yeah, guys, E5 guys, right? Don't get me started because I know we're we're not here to talk about electric vehicle technology, and that's a whole nother rant. And let's do that another day. But it does seriously piss me off. I think we should. I think we should chat about EV after Amendment Two comes out because I'm sure Amendment Two will probably piss a whole new raft of people <laughs> yeah. off anyway. So yeah. let's wait for Amendment Two to come out, and then that, or then then we'll hopefully have some sort of defined. This is the right way of doing it because every time I think about EV charging, I go, "What is exactly the right way of doing it anymore?" Every time well, I think about EV charging, I just go, "Ah!" Yeah. <laughs> We've just we've seen just this weekend the issue with Kia was it uh, shorting two phases out yes. or something? And I said in our WhatsApp group, I said this is the problem when you have lack of standardization amongst new technologies, where we've got cars having their own strategies, we've got charging points having their own methods, and if there's no standardization across the board, somewhere it's going to get ballsed up, and clearly that's what's happened with these cars. Yeah. Where, where was that again, John? What was the linking? Was it Hyundai, <laughs> My Energy? Hyundai and Kia, was yeah. it? Hyundai and Kia, I think, yeah. Yeah, Basically, so there was, there was yeah. a... Go on, yeah. John. Yeah, they, they haven't said exactly what the deal is, but it appears that that particular car or set of cars has got two three-and-a-half-kilowatt charging units in the car, mm-hmm. and when it's in a three-phase charger, it connects one to each of the two phases, and then when you put it into a single-phase outlet, it bizarrely short the two pins in the charge connector together which is fine if there's only a single phase connected but obviously if you've then got three phases in there and it's shorting l1 and l2 together then you get a very big bang and it takes out the fuse and uh, all that other stuff so oh my god that so, is the kind of thing which should not a... have even got off the design stage because that is not a fault in manufacturing that is a fundamental fail in whoever designed that particular vehicle yeah. But John, we we know, and if anybody watching or listening looks at our Instagram page, we've done some research in previous podcasts where we talked about the future of EV charging. And when we saw the diagram, which is on Instagram of a car and all of the various committees that write the standards around an electric car, it is a global embarrassment. It's a global embarrassment as to how disjointed and disconnected all of it is. But yeah, it's the Kia and Honda um hyundai sorry cars um, yeah. apparently that it affects so well par- yeah apparently i mean it, there's a control wire that's supposed to obviously send that command to and from the charging port to the car um and clearly the car didn't tell the control wire something about it having not disconnected that link between the two yeah. phases in the mm-hmm. car the thing is that link shouldn't actually exist in the car in that no. way it's just say a fundamentally bad design of vehicle. So whoever designed that uh, mm. is is useless. Basically, they obviously just didn't think it through. But all this stuff, hey, all this. Amazing. I mean, my energy put some information out about this. But for electricians, you're kind of like always having to refresh and learn. I mean, the code of practice for for EV has been like three or four editions now. Yeah. Um, it's... But the manufacturers, do you have to ask the question, David? Are global manufacturers even bothering to read the IT code of practice? Possibly not. Oh no. no. Very much no, doubt no, it. No, no, yeah, no. very much doubt it. But yet we we we're we're like, oh, buy it, buy it. It's essential. It's an essential read for an electrician. So we can do all the work, and we're the ones who are going to get all the kicking when the main fuses get blowing no, up. No, 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 it's just it's just a Kenyan book, really. Um, 
It is indeed. Yeah, it's it not, is indeed. It's right. Else. Going back onto the topic. <clears throat> yes. Um, it's very Women. evident for, 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 for the ladies out there. Um, we we need to um what's the what's the phrase i'm looking for is what i i would suggest what advice do we think we can give to young ladies in how to identify and karen tell me if i'm wrong here toxic workplaces and toxic cultures bad attitudes bad behaviors is uh, what do you think um there is how do you identify on site but more importantly how can you foresee this i have a view on it but i'd like to ask you guys as to your advice first well what what i'm hearing guys is that sites sites are not the best place for women to be um because they're surrounded by egos Mm -hmm. and um you know guys with small penises who've got a little bit of an issue going on right and women are far more suited to domestic but what i'm hearing is they don't know they they because 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 this stuff never gets taught in the classroom um because all they're taught in the classroom is oh you know you've got a board haven't you and you just populating that's fantastic i just do think that we could do with i mean i've offered my services so many times like anyone who ever contacts me i'm like yeah come and work with me like come and work with me for a week i'll take you to a few people's houses i guess the colleges can't replicate domestic i think this is part of the problem the the colleges can't they can't like have a house set up and go well let's rewire this and they can't have a house set up and go you know let's 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 just change change some three plate um like two ins let's let's because the domestic the whole domestic setup is you learn it as you go along i mean i'm 10 years into it mm. and i'm still learning but i know 99.9 percent of it but but that's me after 10 years do you think there's a thing where that's one thing but the other thing is i would love i would love the government to pay me to train people i think the government do have apprenticeship levies but i think the term is they're crap and they're not worth a spit i think is the phrase um John, you were going to say yeah, something. Yeah, do you think there's still this attitude that sort of domestic electrical work is some sort of inferior or easy choice, so they don't actually bother with it very much? I, do you know what, John? I really don't know. But all I do know is I'm booked to the middle of next year. So go figure. And look, we are facing a massive skill shortage and there's two reasons for that. One is one is we, we have convinced our children that they're only good enough if they go to university. Two is we haven't taught any of our children to work with their hands for the last decade. Okay, yeah, you're going to this is going to an area that um I'm quite passionate about myself because I've gone to a few schools um and written to a few you're right um can you, I, I did a youtube video months and months ago showing can you remember the um 
the old videos where the boy would kick the ball or the frisbee into the power yeah. station. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I remember that. Uh, all, all of those videos. Yeah, we don't have yeah. any of that. The most recent thing Electrical Safety First did was some stupid thing with chipmunks that kept exploding. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was yeah, awful. Yeah, well, getting ready to go out. That was it. Um, and I, I always, when it comes to, when we talk about public discourse or public awareness, I always look towards the likes of Electrical Safety First because if they are a charity that's, you know, that's purpose is to increase electrical safety. They've got to aim at improving safety in the home, but also pushing safety in the schools. And the way you do that is to then drive awareness of the skills and awareness of the trade. You know, um, some people went to my boys' um, school. I mean, yes, it's a um, it's a, an infant school, but it was actually there was one person, this lady from um, the Northeast P Power Company, but she had a ten minute slot, followed by a police officer, followed by a you know, followed by followed by. So it was more of a uh, just an, a, an attack of information from different vocational directions instead of a dedicated study or or experience of working in a skilled trade yeah um and going back to what you say yeah i mean since when covid hit the school sent us a page of about 50 urls to educate our children go on here go on there go on this site go on that site all with like and it was all like stuff on tablets so yeah. the school's whole purpose was to spend the whole period since lockdown on a screen. Yeah. yeah. So what, what Bella did, my wife, she went on Amazon and there are these key stage books you can buy to help yeah. your child at home. Key stage one, key stage two. We bought these caterpillar things where you have the caterpillars and then they turn into butterflies. We've had to do all this ourselves because this, all the school did was send us a whole load of YouTube videos and channel links. And it's all about, and they've got these things like, um, uh, kickstarts or something which is a math thing so you go onto this website you log in and you do math questions in a certain time frame and the school yeah. can see the login to see how he's yeah. performing oh, it's, yeah. all, it's all on screen stuff and that's great yeah but so, Dave like I, I I don't have a math qualification because <laughs> when I went to school I went to school in a teacher's strike um, when I when I was supposed to be doing my GCSEs, it was teacher strike, and there was no teachers. Right, so I've got I've got a maths qualification, but I still don't know whether it's better whether I'm better off doing um, bog off or three to the price of two. <laughs> and actually, and actually, in my job, that doesn't really fucking matter. No. Like, I'm just like, all I need to know is how to do vault drop, how to do the adiabatic qualification, and then and then if I don't know the fucking answer, I'll ask Twitter, so who cares? <laughs> so you know just, I mean? Do you know what I, I mean by that? Like, how yeah. do I, it doesn't matter how many wives Henry VIII had. Like, that does that... me in my daily life. But does that not potentially mean there's not much purpose in academically pushing people towards trades if there's not much need for academia in trades? That's the problem. You know, we know the IET are trying to push STEM. And when you look at STEM, everything is good in STEM, but very oh, little good. attention. Very little attention good. is on electricians. Electricians are being left behind in STEM. You know, yeah, yeah I, this is one of the reasons why, if you don't mind me chipping in, I don't do STEM volunteering yeah, good, because good, STEM good, volunteering good. is great. Yeah, um, but it's very there's not enough practical hands. But the only practical hands on is more about mechanics of yeah. things. 
The rest so, of it is driving so, people towards technology, yeah. which is computers and software and the um, the wire stuff. Everything is. And I think it's fair to say in my career over 20 years, I've noticed that everything that the manufacturers have done has become plug and play to allow for the dumbing down or the lack of training of the complex technicalities that is electrical yep. installation testers right. software training media everything is getting simpler right yes. so my next question is the apprenticeship model needs to change i did a talk where were we were we talking to the guys at electrium i think it was electrium. where i basically said with regards to the whole training infrastructure i would burn it down and rebuild it Yes, you mm. did. Yeah, because I think it you needs. You said that, that at Alex as well. That, yeah, that is what needs to change. Yeah, the apprenticeship model needs to change. Why would my highly intelligent daughter want to be an electrical apprentice for five years, earning shit money, working for shit people, doing a shit job? Like. And be treated like shit. Well, she wouldn't. Mm. No, can I? So can I just chip in here? One, Karen, if you can no. look at the screen, that would be good. Sorry, right. Um, so one thing, just playing devil's advocate here. Um, so I, uh, we've been doing some chats with uh, other ladies around the industry, and I mean, we spoke to Tony the other day, who's a year two apprentice, and she works yeah. on major sites. Yeah. And if anything, she's finding the opposite. She's being uh, mollycoddled. She's being, you know, arms rounder, looked after, specifically taught and developed. And, paid well? Paid well? Uh, well, no, she's a learner. But the learners generally don't get paid well, uh, sadly, because that's mm. part of the torture of but people taking the time happy. to learn. Yeah, she is. She's really enjoying herself. And um, she's being luckily. And, and that's the thing. I don't want to take this away from learners is there's lots of good sites out there with good people on them. And, and, and just going back to that earlier comment about what advice um, for me, there's two things. One, anyone who seeks to get into this industry in any way, shape or form, do not be afraid to state your case at the start. Yes, you want a job, but they will employ you, including your attitudes, your behaviours and everything about you and your passions. Your passions will make you a fantastic worker. Your attitudes will make you a fantastic worker. But you have to be very clear because there's enough people now telling horror stories where you say, listen, I'd like to come. I want to learn, but I don't want to be a general labourer. I don't want to be a dog's body and I don't want to be made to feel uncomfortable. And I would genuinely say to any lady getting in the industry that you set your stall out in the interview, regardless of how uh, you know urgent you want this job. You've got to be honest from the start, because obviously the lady you described sounds like she got she got treated really badly, put in a horrible situation that no one wants her in. The other piece of advice I really do want to get across, and that is we get asked every one of us. What course, what training course? Can I do an MVQ? What about a, a, um, a level two or three, two, three, six, five diploma? Whatever you do to get into whatever sector of this industry, treat your training and your qualifications as a framework, a step on a ladder. And that's it. And everybody has different types of ladders. OK, everybody's going to have different journeys and experiences when on them ladders and every single step up you take, it will be different from any other lady or any other man. But the importance is, is the recognition of what you have learned, 
and your ability to use it and apply it. And that's when you become consciously competent and no gold card will tell you whether you're good or not. This is why we fundamentally disagree with the gold card. You will know when you have attained a level of confidence in conduit, tray, trunking, when you can explain an RCD, when you can explain it to a consumer in a very simple manner. That's when you start to be able to reflect on what you've learnt and the use of questioning and peers for knowledge and advice is absolutely key. Our industry has loads of grey areas and lots of gaps and that advice and those undocumented things um, we're terrible at. This is why we, we're spending our time, I mean Christ we've just developed a webinar just to do coding on DNO intakes because it's now become this thing where everybody's talking about and asking questions and the well, goalposts have moved. Doesn't so help when we started talking about it so much, mate. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. Okay. You know what I mean? But um, yeah. it's it's about trying to share yeah. that engineering judgment, that no, thought process no, and right. that older knowledge. And that's really key. So for me, when they say, what qualification is? No, no. What framework are you right. putting yourself on? What ladder do you want to climb? Slightly different mindset, I know, but it does work for me anyway, in my brain. Yeah. But that's my advice. Did, Sorry. did, you, did you have a response to that, Karen, before I said anything? Sorry. Um, I know my only response is, you know, it's just, I, I, he's, he's, it's a funny thing because, um, I love you guys and I think you're amazing. Um, however, you know, we, we women, women will always come at life slightly different and yes. then and it's funny because i i worked with women before and actually i've never actually really enjoyed working with women because i find women can be a little bit bitchy um and um yeah i don't know where i'm going with that but however um i work with women all the time karen I, I'm, I'm, I, where I work at the moment is predominantly women, and I love it because, to be honest with you, they absolutely take me to task on some things that I'm 190% convinced brilliant. on, but, but then you, they give me a different you, view. Right, let me stop you there. You are highly unusual. Um, okay. And uh, and it's great, you know, I love you guys because you, you <clears> champion <throat> the woman, and that's good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, oh, oh, yeah, in response to your original question, Dave, um, um, uh, it's good. Oh, I, what I would love for the ultimate outcome of this podcast is to, I, I, I want to put this out to um, the women out there that hope is not lost. And, um, yeah, right. that's that's basically it. Can I can I can I be perfectly honest? Go. Okay. I've had about four e before my vote with E5, I was already doing my Spark Ninja stuff. Never since before then I've had apprentices come at me all the time saying my training's this, my experience is this, and it's absolutely exhausting when you all you want to do is help people. Yeah, it is. I have been asked a number of times to create like I have my Spark Ninja groups and I've been asked to create little communities for women. And I said to myself, that it's not my place, it's not my place to do that. 
Okay. It's not Sparky Ninja's place to say to women, here's a place for you. And there are a couple of ladies in my group who asked all of the other ladies to say, show themselves. And I know they created groups by themselves, and you may be part of those. Is there anything that I or ourselves can do to actually, you know, either on social media or either to help things or make things easier? Okay. That's a good question, actually. Because, you know, we are not women. And we will never understand because we're not women. <laughs> yeah, it's a valid point. But you, I, sorry, was that a serious question? You were just asking. It's a, and yeah, I want to because yeah. I, I don't want to go here's question. a sparking ninja women's group uh, because you know it's not up to me to say women need a group. It's up to women to decide what's best for themselves. But it's up to us to listen okay. and to make sure that we don't fuck this up. Right. Do you know what? Yeah? Well. Unfortunately for you, there are two different types of women, right? So mm-hmm. I'm gonna just hit you with this, and you, okay. you, you, you're just gonna have to take it, right? Go for it. Um, I'm a woman that I, I fucking love men. Like I just think men are men are amazing, and like mm. I. I hold you and Paul and Dan and everybody in E5 in the highest possible regard because I think you're fucking amazing, right? Mm-hmm. But then you've also you also got to accept that there are women out there that think they're better than men mm-hmm. and. And and they're just angry. I've met some of them. Yeah, and and they're just fucking angry, and they just want to go ah, men. They think they're fucking a weirdos, and like I'm better than them. And and unfortunately, you're going to encounter that. Um, and all I mean, the only advice I can give you is to go hands up. Yeah, whatever, love, right. And in the same way that I would do, like, I don't enjoy the company of women. And and, 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 and do you know what? It's weird because I was having this conversation with the Warriors yesterday. I was like, mm. you will see on my, on my post that I am a member of Warrior Women. And it's weird that I am a member of Warrior Women because I don't usually do um, women things. And that, but that's an exceptional group of women. So I'll I'll end that there. But uh, but I also wouldn't also like I would never also be a member of E five because you there are some women in E five. <laughs> um, yeah, isn't there? Like you've got some fucking members that are just like I'm sure you're just like oh my fucking god. <laughs> Like, where did they come from? Well, I don't, I don't even know how many members there are, to be honest. <laughs> well, te- no, technically... you know technically. what I mean by that, Dave. Yeah, I know. Ninja, like, I've seen oh, sparky, you sparky. weeding people out, don't you? We've had, to, we've had to flush the Sparky Ninja group a number of times. Oh, we've flushed many God. times, yes. Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. true, it's true. There are very strong characters in there. And you try to be as, you know, as fair and as, as you know, understanding as you can. Yeah. Um, yeah. People we, just, we just, you know like to make a lot of noise though sometimes yeah <clears throat> and it, and a lot of that noise is made through fear as well to be honest with you um and, and, it's and all, that's right 
anybody that right in my experience anybody mm. that wants to make someone else feel shit has got their own self-esteem issues going on simple as that yeah but if you've got low self-esteem what you're gonna do is you're gonna make someone else feel shit oh i mean we, we've seen we've seen that from mm. from um both sides of the gender Mm-hmm. Uh, scale yes. there, haven't we? <laughs> we have. Yes. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you, you've got you've got your women uh, Facebook groups, a couple that you've kind of uh, your you sit on. Do they do they help? Do they well, help? Like, massively, massively supportive. Good. Good. Yeah. And I get I post every day on there, um, and try and raise the vibration that's what i'm here for guys mm. right i'm only here right i'll tell you right this is my mantra is right it, it it's weird because like i said to you i'm not a fucking hell sometimes i post the right fucking shit and you can either love it or hate it or whatever mm-hmm. all right my mission in life is to raise the vibration of the planet and I'm only here to make people feel good about themselves. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you can love me or hate me. I don't really fucking care. Um, I've got my own set of standards. And, yeah. I, I, think, I think this industry, I think there's a few, if you don't mind me saying this, having experienced the domestic and the industrial sector, I think the industrial sector is very much a very boisterous when you go into those cabin site cabins they can be quite vulgar crass and vile places yeah. major site mentality which is awful yeah. and to be honest with you i have zero time for um when i have run major sites um i have had to let a lot of electricians go for their horrific attitudes um, my view is is when you go to work you you you're going there to feed your family mm-hmm. not to destroy someone's personality not to character assassinate not to rip someone down because it makes you feel better if you if i see any of that then you're off of my jobs it always has been uh, the case in the domestic world domestic world we found from our engagement it can be quite lonely so having groups that specifically support networks for women in domestic is nothing but a good thing i i, I genuinely believe the only thing we can do as an industry is because of the devaluing and de-skilling of our industry, and it is a thing, um, I've also realised that the the trade itself has been set upon each other so that they infight, while the people that profess to regulate us love watching from the sidelines um, and from the social media groups because it means nobody's pointing the finger at what are they doing when all they're doing is taking our money and putting badges on our T-shirts or on our uh, certificates, whatever. They don't, they're not providing any of that necessary enrichment or values or attitude adjustment or behavioral support that maybe our industry needs wouldn't it be great if the industry bodies all got together and said there was a a code of conduct for behaviors they they haven't they just haven't because why would they because that's them interfering in people's god-given you know um democratic right what to be assholes to each other to be horrible to each other why the only thing we should be doing as an industry is helping helping each other educate each other share knowledge debating respectfully and as dave puts leveling people up then our industry will be far better regardless of what badge we wear yeah just a view Um, but yes 
it's a case of just trying to get people to see the bigger picture beyond training and beyond their authorization. We have a lot of people that are trained to a bar and that bar is very skewed right now and it's no way suitable for what the future is going to bring with smart homes and technologies. And then we have the authorizations where the authorizations are always um, questionable as to how effective that they really are. Um, everybody appears to make it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Everybody appears to do enough to be so, authorized so this this podcast is part of a, a, a new series because obviously we took a bit of a break didn't we lads so um wh- one of the things i want to do in this is we've recorded some already where we've done the good old-fashioned techie ones but i wanted to do some uh something slightly different where we get some in- inspirational people on board so this one here once this is edited karen and, and if you're happy with it we'll we'll send you the link and you can put this in the facebook ladies group but yeah. there's other ones with other inspirational ladies who are leading parts of our industry who are successful in their careers coming off the tools and into management supervision and and women in different parts of engineering that i've asked to come on and record um and just to anything to be a good old message for the girls that the world's your oyster so hopefully if uh, once they're all edited mm. um you can put them pretty much straight away on on your facebook ladies group so then they'll be released that would be fantastic and thank the, you so much we will can start the series again in september more, can i just add one more point though yes um is that um pot p is fucking <laughs> pointless I, I smile when someone brings up part p because I, I just know that right. there is, i would I know. just like to add that part p is part fucking pointless like what the actual fuck is that all about and i don't care what anybody tells me about how they feel about like how relevant it is it's fucking pointless it's... Right, so if you can if you can weave that in somewhere that... <laughs> no, 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 karen karen when it yeah. first came out it was it was brilliant but then afterwards it two months they withdrew oh, it they withdrew it it was because it, it, it required yeah. individual competence right. and they got which, rid of it which means yeah. it never worked at all because obviously it yeah. took a few months to strategize uh it was part p that actually changed my direction in my career because i was delivering training and then suddenly part p came out and then part p training came out and we, I started trying to handle and control Part P training, and I suddenly was wrong about training. And training now was five days. Yeah, I had people authorised into electrical industry within two days of their regulations course, and it was all about numbers. And you're right. Um, I think, I think obviously the the bit the bit the flip side of this is obviously Part P has allowed a lot of people access to this industry. Yeah. 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 Yes. And so those people will always support the part p um and there are tens of thousands of them out there karen who are very proud to be part p installers and see nothing wrong with it this is where we need to no on a serious note this is where we need to actually respectfully engage them and and re-educate them because they won't know any better and 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 this is one of the things our industry's got to realize is there are people authorized into the trade now who all they want to do is feed their family Um, so we need to find a way to adapt this industry to accept Everyone, no matter what level they're at, and make sure everybody can come up to a common bar over a period of time and support each other doing it rather than kicking each other. Because to be honest with you, it's just too much wasted negative energy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and the biggest, right. yeah, I mean, it's the situation. The situation has got to the point where the government don't want to do any work that costs them money, and they rely 
on UCAS accreditation of the CPS to handle the problem for them. And as long as they're telling UCAS to do their job, then what the CPS do is not the government's fault, it's UCAS's fault. So there's a lot of passing the buck. Yeah. And it's getting rid of the problem. Now, the CPS are obviously um, accredited uh, effectively. Um, and they create strategies and they decide amongst themselves what happens. Um, Again, this goes back to the point of what I've tried to do, and then I've come into E5, and we're trying to do, and that's just, you know, the electricians out there that are being told, that's enough. You don't need to do any more. We're going to say, well, fuck off. No, yeah. no, we're going to do better than that. Yeah, we are going to do. Because we know why. And uh, we can, I mean, we, we, if we go to Parliament and we say this is wrong, they'll just go, well, no, it's fine. And they'll look at statistics, which, by the way, technology has helped improve. Uh, instead of actual working practices, and I'll say it's fine. There's no problem. Um, we 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 have you know we have we have a long term strategy, and we, we will, do. We'll write letters when people get back to their desks, <laughs> and when and when it's brought fairness, back up with debate. We are actually talking. So next March, the IET Electrician Conference. Yeah. I'm talking at that, and I have every intention of throwing Part P under every bus that comes near me uh, <laughs> as one of the many failures because I am not standing on a stage and lying about anything or anyone and, and if anyone thinks yeah. our industry is not in a distressed state um they're wrong but i do think this industry is amazing the, the 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 level of opportunity and knowledge it can give you the stability of career the ability to build yourself far higher than maybe a teacher has told you is absolutely incredible because again me boy in tottenham stabbed no qualifications it, the electrical trade has given me a fantastic job and a career that i'm very very proud of um, this is why I'll always encourage people into it, but find your own story, find your own framework, yeah, and find a good support network around you who will help you for no other reason than it's the right thing to damn well do and pass yeah. it on. And as I've said in previous podcasts where we go, okay, and when it comes to the idea of like a licensing scheme, which mm -hmm. I always say we need, an individual yep. licensing scheme that requires sanctioning, um, if they say, oh, that won't work for everyone, great. Flush out the ones that can't meet the levels of competence and just the professionalism mm -hmm. that we need to protect the public. Um, yeah. Too many. This is the thing. We say there's a skill shortage. There's a skill shortage. But the problem we have is we have a diluted industry of underskilled, authorized workers. Does that make sense? Yes. There's too many people that are underskilled, but they're authorized. And think about, you know, that's the problem we have. We have a diluted market. And so you have people that want the work done properly. And we have too many people who are authorized to do it incompetently. Oh, my God. Yes. And, yeah. it, you know, I just resonating with what Dave said, you know, I left school, didn't know what I wanted to do. Fucking hell, you know, I'm, yeah, so underqualified on paper. Mm. Um fucking love my job um, mm. and I but I but I'm I'm a part P fucking sparky go me um, <laughs> I'm not I'm not the fastest electrician in Billericay but you're I'm fully not. booked until the middle of next year yeah you're doing something right so, there you go so now get you know. me um, do you know what and I'd love I'd love to train more people 
You're on. You're on to something like that, and I, I agree. There needs to be. But and the government are not encouraging me to trade more people. No, because the government, the government, the government in society nowadays have basically taken the whole step back. You either float or sink. Yeah. Routine. We've got the legislation, and it's down to the councils and local authorities and your own uh, initiative. Um, just moving on and bearing mindful of the time, I'm going to ask you a final question, and it's the one no. we ask everybody. Okay. It's the one we ask everybody. If you had three wishes that for our industry our trade etc what would they be right three wishes right first wish government train me pay me to train somebody okay. second wish um schools started to understand that we need to teach our children to work with their hands third wish third wish um would be for the schools to actually appreciate uh, teach kids to appreciate the fact that uh, manual manual labor is Sexy. Mm. Manual labour is sexy. There's a yeah. campaign slogan. Manual labour is sexy. Manual skilled labor. work. Indeed, yeah. skilled work. It is skilled work, and I don't care what anyone says. You need a serious brain to work in this trade. How many times have you no. seen those? How many times? I love have you being se- I'm sexy, and I love it. <laughs> Good on you. <ya. laughs> well yeah. Fucking hell. Right. Um. Thank you for those. Um. Uh, Dave or uh, John, any final comments or thoughts before we ask? No, um, I um, I think, again, um, as I said earlier on, I'm aware that I can't do much to speak on behalf of women because when I look down biologically, I just, I can't, I can't do that. So I try to maintain as much of an open platform as I can. As I've said to you on Twitter the week before last, when I think you were talking about the idea of doing some kind of academy thing for schools, I said, look, anything I can do, to give support and you did, and for anything that and, you guys yeah. do okay i'm not going to say women i mean I'll, I'll say it women obviously need these and these but i'm not going to speak for women but i will always provide support for women who need help all right um because I, I i do i i see it in training and um i have seen it in the industry and i hear it amongst people i work with uh, attitudes to women in this industry and I can see why you think domestic would be a safer industry because it's a smaller environment. Many of the larger corporate structural, large organizations will still have high up the chain people that have been in the industry for too long. And, you know, we need companies that are probably no older than 15 to 20 years for that attitude to have been gone. Mm -hmm. And it might take another 15 to 20 years for that attitude to finally go in that large scale. And I completely respect your, your, um, your preach that the domestic is a safer approach to the industry. I understand. Yeah. Thank you. Don't disagree with that. John, any final thoughts? Uh, not really. No, I think we've pretty much covered everything there. And I think the thing you said there at the end about in the schools, actually getting people to realise that electricians and other manual trades is a viable option. That is definitely a valuable thing. And this this whole thing that, oh, you must go to university and you must get some big job that needs a degree. Well, that's that's nice for some jobs. But the reality is that a vast number of jobs do not need that and never will. So, uh, yeah, that other option definitely needs to be promoted a lot more. 
indeed um i have this um phrase i used at the iet a few years back called the limitless possibilities of life and i I genuinely believe if your head your heart and your hands are all in alignment there's pretty much nothing you can't achieve um and it's saying i genuinely believe surround yourself with a good network um karen you are electric thank you very much for joining us um where can we find you you're on twitter and every other social media at she's electric um and um dave and john thank you very much uh, ladies hope you enjoyed the podcast please listen to our back catalogue there'll be more to come with some fantastic inspirational ladies and until the next one um take care of yourself and each other Bye-bye. bye